Chapter Five of Gunsight Pass: How Oil Came to the Cattle Country and Brought a New West by William McLeod Rain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Supper at Delmonico's interrupted. The two D Bar Lazy R punchers ate supper at Delmonico's. The restaurant was owned by Wong Chung. A Cantonese celestial did the cooking, and another waited on table. The price of a meal was twenty-five cents, regardless of what one ordered. Hop Lee, the waiter, grinned at the frolicsome youths with the serenity of a world-old wisdom. Bleef steak, pork chop, lamb chop, lamb eggs, corn bleef hash, Spanish stew, he chanted, reciting the bill of fare. Yes, murmured Bob. The waiter said his piece again. Listens good to me, agreed Dave. Lead it to us. You takee two bleef steak and lamb and eggs, maybe? suggested Hop helpfully. That's right. Two orders of everything on the me and you, Charlie. Hop did not argue with them. He never argued with a customer. If they stormed at him, he took refuge in a suddenly acquired lack of understanding of English. If they called him Charlie or John or One Lung, he accepted the name cheerfully and laid it to a racial mental deficiency of the Melicans. Now he decided to make a selection himself. Very well, beef steak and lamb and eggs. Fried potatoes done brown, John. Fried potatoes, tea or coffee. Uh, coffee, decided Dave for both of them. Warm mine. And custard pie, added Bob, made from this year's crop. Eggs sunny side up directed his friend. Fry mine, one on one side and one on the other, Hart continued facetiously. Very well. Hop Lee's impassive face betrayed no perplexity as he departed. In the course of a season, he waited on hundreds of wild men from the hills, drunk and sober. Dave helped himself to bread from a plate stacked high with thick slices. He buttered it and began to eat. Hart did the same. At Delmonico's, nobody ever waited till the meal was served. Just about to attack a second slice, Dave stopped to stare at his companion. Hart was looking past his shoulder with alert intentness. Dave turned his head. Two men leaving the restaurant were paying the cashier. "'They just stepped out of that booth to the right,' whispered Bob. The men were George Doble and a cowpuncher known as Shorty, a broad, heavy-set little man who worked for Bradley Steelman, owner of the Rocking Horse Ranch, what time he was not engaged on nefarious business of his own. He was wearing a chihuahua hat and leather chaps with silver conches. At this moment Hop Lee arrived with dinner. Dave sighed as he grinned at his friend. I need that supper in my system, I sure do, but I reckon I don't get it. You do not, old lizard, agreed Hart. I'll say Doble's the most inconsiderate guy I ever did trail. Why couldn't he a showed up a half hour later, dag gum his ornery hide? They paid their bill and passed into the street. Immediately the sound of a clear, high voice arrested their attention. It vibrated indignation and dread. What have you done with my father? came sharply to them on the wings of the soft night wind. A young woman was speaking. She was in a buggy and was talking to two men on the sidewalk the two men who had preceded the range riders out of the restaurant. "'Why, miss, we ain't done a thing to em, nothing tall.' The man Shorty was speaking in a tone of honeyed conciliation. 
it was quite plain he did not want a scene on the street that's a lie the voice of the girl broke for an instant to a sob do you think i don't know you're brad steelman's handyman that you do his meanness for him when he snaps his fingers you sure do click your heels mighty loud miss dave caught in that soft answer the purr of malice he remembered now hearing from buck byington that years ago emerson crawford had rounded up evidence to send shorty to the penitentiary for rebranding through a blanket i reckon you come by it honest em always acted like he was god almighty where is he what's become of him she cried is your palm missin i'm right sorry to hear that the cowpuncher countered with suave irony he was eager to be gone his glance followed doble who was moving slowly down the street the girl's face white and shining in the moonlight leaned out of the buggy toward the retreating vaquero don't you dare hurt my father don't you dare she warned the words choked in her tense throat shorty continued to back away you're excited miss you go home and think it over reasonable you'll be sorry you talk this way to me he said with unctuous virtue then swiftly he turned and went straddling down the walk his spurs jingling music as he moved quickly dave gave directions to his friend duck back into the restaurant bob get a pocketful of dry rice from the chink trail those birds to their nest and find where they roost then stick around like a burr scatter rice behind you and i'll drift along later first off i gotta stay and talk with miss joyce and say take along a rope might need it a moment later hart was in the restaurant commandeering rice and sanders was lifting his dusty hat to the young woman in the buggy if i can hep you any miss joyce he said beneath the dark and delicate brows she frowned at him who are you dave sanders my name is i reckon you never heard tell of me i punch cows for your father her luminous hazel-brown eyes steadied in his read the honesty of his simple boyish heart you heard what i said to that man part of it well it's true i know it is but i can't prove it hart moving swiftly down the street waved a hand at his friend as he passed without turning his attention from joyce crawford dave acknowledged the signal how do you know it steelman's men have been watching our house they were hanging round at different times day before yesterday this man shorty was one uh, any special reason for the feud to break out right now father is going to prove up on a claim this week the one that takes in the tularosa water holes you know the trouble they've had about it how they kept breaking our fences to water their sheep and cattle don't you think maybe they're trying to keep him from proving up maybe so when did you see him last her lip trembled night before last after supper he started for the cattlemen's club but he never got there sure he wasn't called out to one of the ranches unexpected i sent out to make sure he hasn't been seen there looks like some of brad steelman's smooth work admitted dave if he could work for your father to sign a relinquishment fire flickered in her eye he'd ought to know dad better that's right too but brad needs them water holes in his business bad without em he loses the whole round top range he might take a crack at turning the screws on your father you don't think 
she stopped to fight back a sob that filled her soft throat dave was not sure what he thought but he answered cheerfully and instantly no i don't reckon they've dry gulched him or anything emerson crawford is one sure enough husky citizen he couldn't either be shot or rough-housed in town without someone hearing the noise what's more it wouldn't be their play to injure him but to force a relinquishment that's true you believe that don't you joyce cried eagerly sure i do and dave discovered that his argument or his hopes for the moment convinced him now the question is what's to be done yes she admitted and the tremor of the lips told him that she depended upon him to work out the problem his heart swelled with glad pride at the thought that man who was just passed is my friend he told her he's trailing that duck shorty like as not we'll find out what's stirring i'll go with you the girl said vivid lips parted in anticipation no you go home this is a man's job soon as i find out anything i'll let you know you'll come no matter what time of night it is she pleaded yes he promised her firm little hand rested a moment on his brown palm i'm dependent on you she murmured in a whisper lifted to a low wail by a stress of emotion End of chapter 5